Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA radio wherever they get their podcasts. Live from Trackside, this is IMSA Radio. Good morning, everybody, and it is a good morning here at Daytona International Speedway. Just off Daytona Beach, Florida. Sunday is qualifying day for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. But before we get to that live in sound and vision this afternoon, we've got a couple of other sessions. We'll have race two for the new VP Racing Sports Car Challenge. And what a cracker the opener was yesterday. But before all that, the... Stopwatches are set and the countdown clock is at one hour exactly. It's session five for the IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge and it's live from Daytona. The Michelin Pilot Challenge on IMSA Radio, part of the Radio Show Limited Network. John Hindhoff in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre overlooking the start-finish line and the pits, which is where we find my partner in crime for this weekend, Shea Adam. Good morning, Shea. Good morning, John. Hopefully I'm staying out of crime today, but there are a lot of people who are looking to get into a little bit more trouble. One more hour session for the Michelin Pilot Challenge, and usually, John, this is the time of the roar where nobody is left. Everybody's gone home for a couple of days. There are people running in the Michelin Pilot Challenge have decided, no, nah, we know our setups, we feel confident with our cars, we're just going to pack it in. Not this year. We're actually double stacked as far as cars going out onto the track is concerned. Two lines of cars getting ready to go toward the pit exit and even more cars waiting in their pit boxes. So we've got a lot of people who have stayed around for that last hour of practice. Now this session, not official, remember, you don't have to run in it. The times don't really count for anything. But given yesterday's wetness in the late afternoon, a lot of people have stick have stuck around, decided to give this one more go. Yeah, that, that's a good point that you made there. We did have some rain yesterday, some quite heavy some rain. Some rain. Yeah, well, it was perfectly dry where I was. So yes. I, you know, I don't know what everybody was complaining about. I never came off slicks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was very wet. In fact, we had a red flag for track conditions during the two-hour night session for the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. Um, if once we are uh, finished with our live coverage today, and we have various uh, programmes in between the live, by the way, uh, on RS2, part of the Radio Show Limited Network of Channels. Um, you can always catch up. IMSA Radio, the archive has uh, been updated. It was all there yesterday evening, actually. Rob and Tim did a fantastic job. So all five uh, WeatherTech sessions are up there, and there will be, after this one, four of the five Michelin Pilot Challenge uh, sessions. We didn't uh, cover the first one, as that was... Uh, whilst we were still going through some uh, setup, Plus, of course, the VP Sports Car Challenge race from yesterday and the qualifying from yesterday as well. So uh, getting on towards, uh, I think there's more than 15 hours up there as well as a two-hour preview programme, Shea and the drivers, all there on imsaradio.com. It's all free to download or to listen on demand. 107.9 FM around Daytona International Speedway. So if you are moving around, you're jumping in your car, you need to go back to your RV, or you just want to put some headphone earbuds in under your ear defenders whilst you're trackside, that's how you can keep in touch with us for the rest of this weekend and next week when our programming starts on Wednesday. And if you'd like to know more about that, go to imsaradio.com scroll to the bottom of the page and there is a live schedule there's stuff in between the, the lives it's that's it's not like we go quiet in between those sessions there's always some IMSA content on RS2 and uh, you can check 
when that is in your local time zone, it auto converts to that for you. And just trailing ahead to this afternoon, uh, those of you here have the grandstand seats, trackside seats for the first competitive running of the GTPs because we'll be qualifying this afternoon. Tell your friends away from the circuit, it's all live, free, uninterrupted and unblocked via the live video tab at imsaradio.com or on imsa.tv. Green flag and we are underway. Sheer Adam, as they move out of the pit lane, the variety of different engine noises going past you uh, down at a uh, pit out there. I can see you just did the penalty box. Um, I didn't do anything wrong, I promise. That's what you always say. Yeah, yeah. It's not always true. Ooh. What we, have you noticed? Uh, we have both of the LA Honda World Hondas on track for the first time this weekend. They are both running for this session. There was an oil leak from a bad seal from the 37 that prevented uh, Ryan Eversley and Matt Pombo from getting any meaningful running. Uh, Friday, that was actually. Yes. Yeah, they got out a little bit during Saturday, but of course, conditions not ideal at that point in time. But both of the cars out on track. So the red one is the 37. The blue one is the 73. That's the easiest way to tell them apart. But John, yesterday you gave me a beautiful mental image that actually made me a bit hungry. Talking about M&Ms and the fact that the pit lane looked like a bowl of M&Ms because of all the different colors. I offer to the court that the Michelin Pilot Challenge paddock looks even more like a bowl of M&M's because we have so many wonderful liveries and so many of them are new. We've got a lot of new teams joining us for the first time this year. Yeah, that's very true. A lot of bright colours as well being employed on the liveries. We uh, think particularly uh, about the uh, NOLA Sport number 47, which is still sitting in the pit lane, mostly white with an awful lot of highlighted yellow on that. Sitting behind that in the pit lane is the number 43, Stephen Cameron, Stephen racing, BMW. Cameron racing BMW, which is tangerine, bright orange and uh, blue on that car. A bit of uh, metallic silver. Metallic colours seem to be back in this year. Metallic livery year. <laughs> they really are. You mentioned that Nola Sport Porsche. That's the car that's just rolling out into life past me now. That is Elliot Skier and Adam Adelson. We welcome them to this championship. Elliot's a guy that we've known for many, many years, but they've just done really, really well in a different GT4 championship, so they've decided to come over here, at least for Daytona, to test their medal against some different competitors. And for them, this is going to be initiation by fire because a four-hour race is quite different to the at-most 90-minute races that they're used to. Adam Adelson was in Dubai last weekend. Oh, was he? Yes, he was. Yeah, did all right. Had a great time there. I've got to say as well, I know he's not listening at the moment because he's still on the way back from the football. He might be listening, actually. Say good afternoon, as it will be, to Joe Bradley and to Gary Dodds, two of our very good friends and colleagues at uh, Ibsen Radio. Gary, formerly at... Uh, ELMS Radio Web Photographer for us as well. Well, they've hit the high spots this morning because Scale Extreme, the slot racing legendary manufacturer, are featuring one of their layouts on their Twitter feed. And I did notice some Radio Le Mans and Radio Show Limited branding uh, around the uh, scale-sized, 132nd scale sized at hoardings around the track so Gary and Joe will be very very happy with that I'm sure we're never going to fit them into rental cars anymore John their egos are going to be way inflated with that. that's the best sort of thing that could ever happen to them I, I, I think it might be, Joe will be here on Wednesday evening for Thursday this week for, um, this week we can say now along with Nick Damon joining Shea Dow in the pit lane Peter Mackay Johnny Palmer and Bruce Jones adding to the voice talent for the play-by-play -play call for a very extensive broadcast schedule that we have for next week. Any other bits of gossip coming out of the paddock here? And what do we think teams are looking for in this last session? before the cars come out in the middle of uh, this coming week. Well, I don't know about gossip, but I've got an interview for you, John, and this is a young Carry man on. that we've talked to before. I think it was Petit Le Mans a couple of years ago. Neil Verhagen, you were a bit of a spectator then. Now you've got your fire suit on. All right, it's for a four-hour race, but you're at Daytona. How good does it feel to have the BMW overalls on? 
Yeah, it's great. First time for me racing at Daytona now to get the experience of the circuit. It's been absolutely amazing. Uh, the circuit's so special to go around. It, it definitely means a lot to be out here. There's so much history and cool for uh, for myself as racing as an American and doing most of my racing over in Europe and now being able to come and race here in, in the States at such a track like Daytona. It's awesome. It's put a smile on my face, so I can't wait to go racing. Comparing it to the M4 GT4 that you're racing over in Europe a lot, how much more different is it to race on these Michelin tires with a different BOP, a different rule book? It, does it feel like a completely new experience? Yeah, so normally I'm racing with the, the GT3 over in Europe, so doing the GT4 here that I did some of the development with, uh, we did the development on the uh, Pirelli tires over there to come and drive it on the Michelin tires. Car feels great. Uh, it's, it's amazing to have it out here on track, to, to see it coming around Daytona. I think that so far it's been it's been good. We uh, we're still learning. The car's brand new, so there's some things that we need to, to still sort out. But in general, I think uh, the car's in a good window, and I can't wait to see what it does on track. Being with Fast Track Racing this weekend, they're a team that I know from a different paddock, and they've got a lot of touring car experience. But working with the GT4, how have you been able to help them? Yeah. Great group of guys here, uh, super hardworking, dedicated guys. They love, uh, obviously, what they do here, and that just makes the atmosphere so nice to work in. Everything is, is so friendly around here, and, and everyone's got high high spirits to help and, and move in the right direction. And, you know, if, if you see from where we started to where we were finishing yesterday, we've definitely been in, uh, in an upward path, which is obviously what you want to see. And, uh, yeah, hopefully with, with my experience, it's, it's helping them with the car as well, too. And, and I think we are definitely on the right path. And uh, so far, it's been great. And I think it can only get better from here. Well, racing at Daytona is one thing. Winning here is another. Good luck finding out what that feeling's like next Friday. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Neil Verhagen, Shea Adam down in the pit lane. Beautiful day, sun out, high cloud. Looks like a different season from yesterday evening. <laughs> But that's Florida. Don't like the weather. We have 10 minutes. It's just, uh, I'll check for you and see the official. If I can get the. Feels like it's about 75 degrees out. Uh, it is uh, 84 Fahrenheit on the track. On the track. And 75 in the air. Which oh, get is it. 29 Celsius on the track and 24. That's me not looking at any thermometer, just basing off of real feel. There you go. Haven't lost it. Winter no. hasn't killed me yet. No, no. It's all good. It is much nicer out here today today as compared to yesterday, and not including rain, but just the temperature and the feel in the air. It's very humid. I would not want to be in a fire suit all day today. But as far as the crew members go, they don't have to be. They're wearing their long pants, yes, yeah. but short sleeve shirts. So seventy-seven percent really mm. humidity officially yeah, from Alcanal. It feels pretty humid. Um, it's a bit I more bluey than yesterday, though, and the, and the wind's coming off the land. It's coming in almost, well, I'd say, sort of west, southwest, yeah. but pretty much into the face of the cars as they go through the trioval. Therefore, behind the cars is there going into the back straight, the Le Mans chicane uh, over there on the far side of Lake Lloyd. So that's pretty much 180 degrees from where it was yesterday when it was a, a very light breeze, but also it was coming in off the ocean, which is a few miles away to my left. In comes the Hart 89 to its pit box just before the Rolex Arch. That looks like, oh yeah, it is doing up on its jacks. This is the uh, red, white and black number 89 we're talking about. The bonnets, the hood is coming up. This team, uh, not official factory team, but all run by factory employees <laughs> and engineers. In essence, the most factory team you well, could ever find. That's a very good point, in fairness, from uh, up in uh, Marysville up in uh, Ohio, where... Honda have their US manufacturing base and headquarters. And that's what is that one of the new ship uh, Hondas, the FK7? Yes, yes it is. We've got the uh, FK7 TCR as the Honda of choice for all of the teams running next weekend and this weekend too, I suppose. Uh, at IMSA Radio, please, if you'd like to get in touch with us. Good morning to uh, Mikey D, who's tuned in to Alan Prosser who has, uh, by the look of it, some Munjak deers outside the house back in the 
UK to uh, just Jeff as well, all tuned in. Uh, Morgan, A110GE. And also to Sarah Rigby up in Sunday afternoon as it is up in crew. The driver of the Hart Honda is none other than the gunslinger, Chad Gilsinger. Uh, so if they are going for any kind of setup change, Chad would totally be the guy that they would want to have in the car for that. Uh, and no disrespect to either of his co-drivers, no, Steve Mike no. or Super Mario Farnbacher. But Chad has done such a long history working with this car. He's won so many championships running different versions of Hondas that he really does have a thorough understanding of what it takes for a car to go quickly. And the Hart team does seem to roll out every year, John, just for a couple of races. Daytona is usually always one of those. I wonder if they might do the four-hour race at Indianapolis as well this year. It's not that far away. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, and also with the um, loss of Mid-Ohio on the calendar, that is the other one that they normally always come out for. So if you lose Mid-Ohio and add Indianapolis, it's not that much further for the crew guys to drive. No, exactly what I was thinking. If you didn't catch up with the news at the... Uh, at the announcement at Road America, wasn't it, last year? Uh, the sports cars of IMSA are headed to another great American icon of motorsport, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. With WeatherTech and Mission and Pilot Challenge. And Pilot Challenge will have their second four-hour race there at Indianapolis. First one here next Friday, the BMW Sports Car Challenge four hours on Friday afternoon always a crack, cracking event and uh, really sets the scene for the 24 Rolex 24 on Saturday and Sunday well four hours and we are told four hours into the eventide possibly even into a little bit of darkness the coolest thing about that is it allows the opportunity for a third driver in yes. all of these cars yes. so if you happen to have a fire suit, maybe a racing license, if you're graded by the FIA, and uh, you think, you know what, I think it'd be pretty fun to race at Indy and TCR or GS, well, you've got the opportunity. I submitted my papers to be graded by the FIA, and they sent them back to me um, just with ha-ha-ha written on it, which oh, I, that's mean. I thought that was harsh. Well, you know, I, I do have a friend who was just submitting a passport application who got it rejected because he had written his name incorrectly. Not that he had actually written his name incorrectly, but that he hadn't included middle name where he should have. Um, maybe you could say that that's why the FIA sent your papers back, John. You could try that line. Behind the wall for the Unitronic number 17 Ooh. TCR Audi. This is the bright yellow and bright yellow and black, black car. That car is crabbing a little bit as okay. it drives through. I will walk up that direction then. Uh, already behind the wall and into the blue garages. Yeah, uh, but I should be able to cut off their team because I can meet them sort of near the Rolex chute. Okay. I I think they might have had a suspension um, issue at the back of that car because it did not look to be driving straight. I know rear wheels on a touring car, as our good friend Martin Haven always says, purely there to stop the exhaust from dragging on the ground, but it's actually quite useful uh, for them to be pointing um, in roughly the same direction as each other. And how interesting is it that when we talked with Gavin Ernstone yesterday, he said that they were using this car, this team in this race sort of as a uh, an example for them going forward because they're not utilizing their new car. I was going to say they're not getting it. They got it January 12th. They're not putting it into action until we get to Sebring International Raceway. So they want to see how JDC does with the new car. Very smart, very savvy. Chad Gilsinger off the road for a moment at the Le Mans chicane and has now gone behind the barrier. So that's the Hart car. Oh, so remember they've just done a setup change, John. Yeah. It's come out not too very long ago. I'm looking out over in that direction. It's not easy to get back from over there. Let me see if I can see a small red Honda. I can see a small red car. No, that's a Fiat 500. So that's oh, a too small. street car. Too small, yeah. Uh, slightly bigger than that. No, can't see that out there. But let me give you some times. They don't count for anything, but we're 15 minutes in. So let's give you an in-session update here. It's Sean McAllister in the uh, number 39 fast track 
excuse me, in the number 39, Carbon with Peregrine Porsche, 718 GT4. Then Chad McCombie in the Ford Mustangs, which have been pretty all-powerful in the other sessions this weekend. Then the Wild Sports machine, that's the Mercedes AMG. Chris Wilson in that car most recently. After that, it's Ben Rhodes for another Mustang. It's the PF Racing car, the number 41, and the top six made up by Rebel Rock Racing, the Camaro, in its farewell season. So if you're coming to uh, an IMSA event this year, that's one that you'll want to get a picture of and some merchandise uh, from as well. That's your top five. Luca Mars for Core Motorsport and their Ford Mustang number 59 in. Sixth, Ryan Eversley, quickest for LA Honda World in the 37. Victor Gonzalez, that car back out. We didn't see it through all the sessions yesterday. Number 99, so two Hondas at the front. Then Chris Miller now behind the wall in that 17. Mason Felipe, Brian Hurt at Autosport, is the best of the Hyundais in TCR. Great to see Mark Miller back at Daytona, and Shea Adam has caught up with him down in the pit lane. Well, we've already talked to Mark Miller once this weekend. That was for Acura representation. You are in the Michelin Pilot Challenge race once again, four-hour contest. You come with two brand new drivers, a brand new car, and a brand new team. Tell us a little bit about this organization and who you're sharing the Ford with. Well, um, a long, a good, good friend for a very long time, Drew Neubauer. Uh, I used to coach in Trans Am, been friends since go karting days, actually, which is interesting. Interesting enough, the Cincinnati kid. Um, he and his good friend uh, uh, Stephen Via have uh, teamed up to create Envy Autosport. Gradient Racing is uh, helping a little bit with the infrastructure, but that we got Ricky Reynolds here as uh, car chief and is doing a great job. A few, uh, three or four weeks ago was the first time I got an opportunity to drive this uh, Mustang GT4. It's actually a lot of fun. Ford did a great job with this car. Really looking forward to seeing this new one come out. Um, but both of these guys are relatively new to IMSA. Steven has uh, raced IMSA and TCR, Drew Trans Am, so they both have a lot of racing experience. This is just kind of a big, big step up for them, and they're doing a great job kind of getting up to speed. Uh, both of them have run some pretty good lap times, but we just need more season time here at Daytona to get them prepared for this four-hour race. I'm not 100% sure if I'm racing in the race yet, but I'm here to help them this weekend, and I'll be there to be ready to kind of take on whatever role they'd like me at uh, for next week's race. But um, so far, they're doing a good job. We're just trying to get laps in, and I'm in my suit right now, so there's a good chance I'll get out there. And I'll, if, if they give me the nod, I'll go out in the last few minutes and see see what the, the run, the, the car kind of degrades to and see how good we can make it for the race. Well, I mean, if somebody leaves the seat open, of course, you're going to jump in. I know you too well. You finished second in the GS Championship in the past. You are very well known to GT4 cars, and GT4 cars are known to you. What is it about this Ford that you recommended it to your friends and say, hey, this one's pretty good. You might want to try it. Well, I can I can always say that, you know, when Ford built the GT4, they built a GT4 car. It wasn't, it's it's least, less production-based than, than anything else. It's more like how we would build a GT3 car. So the fact that it's a it's a race car through and through, I really um, appreciate and like. Plus, with my years of Trans Am experience and stock cars and stuff, there's nothing better than a V8 front engine, rear drive, good old-fashioned horsepower type car. And it is a bigger, heavier car, but around Daytona, it's got good torque, it's got good top end, it's a good aero car, believe it or not, it's got a lot of really good uh, aero balance, so it's really fun to drive, and, and for me, like my first laps around here seemed pretty familiar already. Um, and, you know, the support here with Ford Motorsports has been really strong. Ford Racing is always here. They've, we've got engineers walking around, and, and they do a really good job with support. So these guys are in good hands with, with Ricky here and, and also uh, Ford, and um, I'm hoping to be helping as much as I can. Thanks, Mark. Good luck this weekend in everything that you do. Well, actually, no. Good luck next weekend with everything we do, and let yeah. us know when you know. Thanks, Jay. Appreciate it a lot. Ah, smash it, lad. A huge amount of experience. One of the things that I really enjoy about sports car racing shit is that so many of the drivers are so much more than just a driver. And whether it's a 
a mentor, a driver coach, or running a team as well. Let's break off from that because we've got a very slow car on the short shoot between turns five and six on the West Horseshoe. It's a BMW, a oh, red, no. a red fronted BMW. Uh, we've got a couple of those. Yes, I know. It's got it, a white roof. Uh, uh, it's not helping. Not helping. Hang on. It could be fast track if it's number 25. It's just um, too far away from me to see the number on the windscreen. No pictures for this one. Uh, I'm getting pictures down here on the pit lane, John. Um, Are you? I just need to, yeah, I made it down to JDC to try and uh, see what their poor little Audi was doing. Um, let me see. Yep, that's 25. That is the, or no, that's the Autotechnic. So that's the uh, Rob Walker uh, JDC car. Um, not JDC. Not as in uh, JDC Miller Motorsport, but JDC is in John Baker Pestro. Um, so that is the um, Auto Technic BMW. Okay. So you've got pictures of the pit lane, and I've got you in the beam. <laughs> I've I've got pictures depending on whose stand I look at. All right. Let's put it that way. Okay. I'm, I'm relying on my binoculars. Um, the car has pulled. Oh, is it moving again? has it stopped again at turn six? I think it stopped. Yeah, it, it is touring round. It let a load of traffic go through. It's on the high banks at turn one and two. Now it just dropped down below the double yellow. So let's see if we can discern who is driving that one. It is Rob Walker, as she said. This is one of the G82 uh, BMWs, which is the uh, newer shape for the M4 GT4. Rob's going to be busy because uh, he's taking part in his second ever VP Challenge race uh, coming up after this and after a brief lunch break. Feels strange to have a lunch break so early in the morning. Brunch. It's Sunday, darling. Brunch. It's Sunday, darling. Yes, yes. I indulged. Uh, I had breakfast this morning. I had a quick breakfast. Exactly. After it's the Sunday. Football. You have to. No, football's on at three, John. That's handy. Um, I watched that last night as well. Declan Brennan will be delighted. The Eagles were in fine form. Didn't stay up for the uh, later game, I have to say. It's the big rivalry, isn't it? Uh, with the uh, Dallas Cowboys this weekend as well in the uh, divisional games. Oh, yeah. Ah. Yeah. Who are the Cowboys playing? Well, who do you think if I said it's a big rivalry? The one that always gets nasty. Uh. Oh, and by the way, um, Super Bowl is not the normal weekend for us. It I is... know. I'm thrilled about that. We're only missing the Pro Bowl, not the uh, Super Bowl this year for Bathurst. Yeah. Normally the situation is wake up Monday morning after covering, uh, what would that be, our 36th hour of racing within the span of eight days. Yeah. Um, but instead, actually our 40th hour because we have this four-hour contest on the Friday. Um, but there is no Super Bowl to watch on that Monday. Uh, it is, yeah, it's been pushed back, so I, I get back that weekend, so I'll be able to watch that at home. Okay, Autotechnic BMW is back into the box. Right. I'm going to continue to think about who else it would be with the uh, Dallas Cowboys. They're going over to the right-hand side of the car, and... Ooh, they have an air hose that they're going to use to blow out something within the cockpit. Let me see. Ah, that would be computerized bits that are in the footwell of the passenger side. So perhaps that's where the ECU is now. That's an interesting spot for it. And stop it from potentially overheating. Makes your wiring a bit of a mess, though, to try and get to it. But yeah, they're blowing out that section of the car. So maybe a bit of dirt or grime got in there and he's interfering with the uh, computerized bits. Electrical gremlins. We hate them. I'm going to put you out of your misery. Huh? It's the 49ers. And the oh. It's always, always a testy game now. Gosh. We've got, also we've got Arsenal and Man United later on today in English Premiership which always is a testy game as well. well. So we've got a couple of really big rivalries. And the Bills and the Bengals for the yeah, oh, uh, last yes. spot in the AFC Championship. Yeah. Busy weekend of sports, so thank you very much for spending some of it with us. Hello to Moni and to Billy. Moni, uh, just a few hours behind us on the time zones, waking up to the sounds of race cars. Can't wait to see you all in a few days. It'll be brilliant to see you both, Moni, at IMSA Radio, if you would like 
to get in touch. The wheel guns going off. You will notice that is multiple wheel studs that are uh, coming off that car. That would be the Nola Sport Porsche, the number 47. They took off a set of Michelins and they put on another set, both used. They took off set number four and put on set number five. So I don't think they have any stickers left at this point in the weekend in the running. And it is Elliot's here staying behind the wheel to go back out once more as he just ran over some of his uh, wheel nuts and threw them up into the air. And his crew member looked very displeased about that as he's walking around trying to pick them all up. They sting if they hit you. I'll tell you that oh, now. Oh, yeah. The, I've uh, been in a couple of pit lanes where somebody's run over the lug nuts, the wheel nuts, and uh, they get spun up off a back wheel. And, of course, we had that bizarre incident in the pit lane at Long Beach oh, gosh, in yeah. the WeatherTech Championship uh, where the single lug nut from the middle of the wheel, which is a much bigger... From the Corvette. Yeah, which is a much bigger piece of uh, metal, a finely machined metal. Um, the, the shape, the sort of a star shape on the top, look, always reminds me of the, uh, the top of a Tropicana orange juice bottle. Um, and that was spun up in the air out of the wheel gun, went forward down bounced. the pit lane, bounced over the top of a car and went into the radiator of the, the FAF Porsche. Yes, of the FAF Porsche, but not the radiator intake right at the front, <laughs> the exit uh, air area halfway up the bonnet, halfway up the hood. And it went in at such pace that it hold the radiator that's underneath there that's at an angle of about 45 degrees and took that car out of the race. And that was the only DNF they had all year, <laughs> was, Yes, that's right. They won the championship in quite some fashion with five wins on the season, including some of the big ones, but that including Daytona, I should say. But that single nut caused them their only DNF. Remarkable. You don't believe me, go and look it up on your favourite um, video channel. Uh, let's have a look at some times. Also, we've got a couple of Mustangs having a bit of a play up on the high banks coming through to towards me now, actually, as they head down towards us. It is the Bukumbi Makalia car, which is the mainly white with the blue and grey stripes on it. Wow. That comes underneath us. And behind it, it's the mainly blue car. Now, so that's the McAleer is the 13, isn't it? Yes. And behind that one is... Is it a mostly Mer blue Mercedes? Is that, it's not Mercedes, that is it? Uh, no, no, I, no, no, I'm a, not looking at a picture, no, so no, I can't see what it is. It's a, it's a Mustang. It's a 79 uh, NV Autosport car, ah. which has Stephen Fazier in it. They're about to come in and do a driver change. I saw somebody yeah. fully helmeted. I think it was Drew Newbauer. Definitely it was not Mark Miller, so it was Drew Newbauer. Ready to so take over that car. Who is in... 13 at the moment. Jensen Altman's in that team. Well, it's either Jensen or it's Chad McCombie. It is Chad. There he's second on the timings at the moment by the massive margin of 0 0.069 of a second <laughs> to the Van der Stur Racing Aston Martin, who have clocked a 154 fall. And of. Well, Rory Van der Stur is taking that car out. I don't think it was Rory that did that because that was a. That was a driver change there. So that would have been Wyatt Briashek that did that time. The young man is on the uh, road to Indy. And speaking of the road to Indy, uh, just seen some brilliance. You want to know why Brian Hurd Autosport has won the championship so many years in a row? Attention to detail. Most teams, if they're trying to block off the radiator to try and get the engine temperature to be a little bit higher, would put tape just on the outside of the grill not BHA. With their Hyundai, uh, Hyundai Elantra and TCR, they have actually taken the grill cover off and then put it on a subsequent grill cover that's tucked inside. So they've made sure that the tape is in the most innered place that it can be to be the most effective. I've never seen them do that before, but it makes a lot of sense that they would be trying it here. They've just done a driver change, Harry Gonsacker out and Robbie Wickens into the 33. So watch that car in particular and see if the times are any different for it as Nola Sport is going behind the wall. And are they calling it a day? I think they are. Frank DePuse just had a little grassy moment in the number 71 
Urban Grid Rebel Rock Racing Camaro. Uh, but no harm, no foul. He's con continued on after being on the grass. Just missed his turn in and he's possibly his breaking point a little bit coming into the Le Mans chicane. Pit lane speed violation for car number 33. Just popped up on the screen, which is the Hyundai of Rob Wiggins. Yep, he's just on his way out. Oh, and we have a slightly lighter McCumbie McAleer Racing 13 Ford. Uh oh, the Mustang is missing all of the rear bumper cover. Oh no, yeah, now that I think has been off the track somewhere, right? Because I'll it's head back up to their box, it's it's torn the whole thing off. Um, it's quite a substantial piece of bodywork that because not only is it the bumper and the cover for the rear valance, it actually goes right up underneath the taillights, those very distinctive Mustang taillights. And we have a red, red flag. flag. Uh, I suspect that that is because there's a large chunk of Ford Mustang um, <laughs> lying around somewhere. Uh, Where are you going? Scott, Scott, it's a red flag. Scott Andrews just oh left his pit box um, and is now going to meet Richard at the exit. But since he was in his pit box when the red flag came out, that might be a problem. Right. I'll I'm check that with Johnny in just a sec. He's uh, debriefing with the team manager. To see if I can see any large piece of Mustang. The car is coming back slowly. Just coming through to the back straight chicane, Le Mans. Now, did it fall off? Was it knocked off? Was it teased off? Was it helped off by someone else? Questions, I'm afraid, that I'm going to ask but not answer at the moment. I first saw him just as he was going on to, out of turn six, onto, back onto the speedway. And, yeah, that... I'm seeing bits of a Mustang's undercarriage that really shouldn't be on show oh, no. at the back. Well, they're doing it for the fans, John. Ah, they're just right. trying to give pieces away for the uh, Boy and Girl Scouts that have been camping here. After the rain last night, they deserve that. Well, Speedway Turn 4, I can see a little bit of something now. I wonder if that's it. Oh, yes, that's confirmed now from Race Control. So I expect to see an intervention vehicle uh, popping onto the circuit there. The car is expected back in its box. The oh, crew is back. up on the wall. Yeah, yeah. It's oh, no, get I, back. I just meant he's not going to go straight back to the garage. Oh. But if he were to go straight back to the garage, then poor Jensen's standing on the wall with his helmet on for nothing. Right. It's sitting right. He's just passed his own bumper. Um, and it's the bumper and the diffuser from underneath the back of the car. Oh, wow. That's substantial. Yes, it is. And absolutely no choice other than to throw the red with just on 27 and a half minutes gone. So we're about halfway through this session. One of our AMR Chevy into safety trucks is already there. The bumper is pretty much straddling the double yellow line coming out of Speedway Turn 4. And then part of the oh. undertray was uh, probably a car, maybe a car and a half's width further up the track. And once everyone's gone round there, they, they are hard-working safety workers have jumped onto the track and picked oh, that gosh. up. It, it's, it's not, it is not broken. No. Um, it was it was two large pieces and they're not having to sweep anything up or kick other bits around or try and pick up little bits. They, I think they'll take that behind the wall and return it to McCumbie Macalea Racing. Thank goodness it is a got a decent sized um, truck bed on the back of that Chevy pickup truck as the Mustang has come to a halt. I can hear it ticking over uh, beside Shea Adam. The back end of that car is not as it uh, rolled out of Ford. No, no, it's not. Um, but as you say, it's not broken. And the brackets actually are still intact. The screws are even still in the oh, wow. middle piece that attaches then to the upper piece, if you will. So it just sort of came off in one fell swoop. Chad McCombie is holding the fire bottle, manning the fire bottle, while his crew member is refueling the car. That's perfect evidence of a guy who does it all, and he's got his visor down, so he knows the rule book. He knows how to do this properly. Um, but, yeah, the car doesn't look any worse for the wear. It, it's very odd. It's like the piece just somehow came unglued and then came well, out. That car had just gone to the top of the times, 
um, yeah. with a 154.319 ahead of the Aston Martin Vantage of Rory van Ben Rhodes in the Ford Mustang GT4, Nolan Siegel for the Porsche number 39. Might be worth seeing if you can have a word with uh, with Chad and see once he's finished his fireball duties. Once he's finished doing every single crew member job that he could possibly accomplish. Find out what happened then. That would, I mean, yeah. if that happened coming through, you know, the debris was on the exit of Speedway Turn 4. If that was working loose um, in that part of the circuit, that's probably one of the quickest parts of the circuit. The V8 engine has been turned off and shit out of oh, no, it's still, the pit wall. It's still rumbling. It's still, it just stopped uh, revving so high, which is okay. interesting. Um, but I did look further under the car, and the piece itself is actually being held on with two brackets. The remaining piece that was scraping along the track as Chad was making the way back in the 3.56 miles from where he lost the bumper. But, uh, yeah, they're going to need to replace that before they send Jensen out. Otherwise, he's going to have a really loose car at the back yes. end. Yeah, I'll let you see if you can grab someone and find out what happened there. The more I look at that and more I see the debris that was picked up I believe that that I don't believe necessarily that that was uh, contact unless somebody tapped him from the rear and it worked it loose but it must have been a pretty straight on tap if that was the case uh, it is Carl Whitmer who has the best time for Honda in TCR uh, and the Victor Gonzalez racing number 99 tops the times there ahead of Mike Lamara for LA Honda World and Michael Lewis for the number one, Brian Herner Autosport Elantra. At the top of the shop, the car that she is standing next to, McCombie McAleer Racing's Ford Mustang, with about a tenth of a second on the Van Racing Aston Martin. That's the number 19. The 41 of Ben Rhodes is the PF Racing Mustang. Then it's the Carbon 39 Porsche. Will Sports, number 11, Mercedes. Core Ford Mustang, Luke and Mars brought that in the 59. That's six. Seventh, Jerome Blake and Morland. BGP Motorsports Porsche. Wish all the best to uh, Jerome's dad, Michael, by the way, who had a bit of a spill on the ski slopes and has broken a few bones in the hospital back in Europe at the moment. That happened earlier this weekend. Rebel Rock Racing, Chevy Camaro, Frank Depew, the number 71 machine. Conrad Grunveld in ninth for the Green Archangel Motorsports, number 88, Aston and Wrapping up the top 10, Michael Cooper, accelerating performance, Aston, the number 44. What do you know, Shep? Chad McCombie, that had to get your attention out there pretty quickly, huh? Yeah, I mean, uh, we actually thought it was coming off the car in front of us. It was debris. Oh, that's us. So, um, <laughs> no, I think that uh, the run before, we noticed that the back bumper was trying to, to pop loose a little bit, and uh, the guys popped it back in, but obviously one of the plastic fasteners must have failed. And, uh, you know, in the, in the draft, the wind buffers a little bit differently, so... Um, you know, we, uh, but, but the, the car seems okay. Um, I think that the racetrack's a little different this morning. Certainly it's dirty. Um, there's no rubber down, so it's getting better and better as we go. But, um, I mean, our Vervantes Ford was, uh, was decent. I, I'm not happy with it right now, but it's showing okay pace. Um, I think that as we work on it throughout this session, we're just trying to figure out the direction that we're going to go next week and, and doing some experimental stuff right now to, to see if we can uh, find something that's going to race really good for four hours. Well, you're still not happy with it, but you're still P1, and presumably you set the time before the bodywork fell off. I think it actually was the lap it fell off, so maybe that maybe that's why it's that fast. You know, you know. Um, but no, I mean, I think that I think we're okay. I, I'm, I, I assume the entire field is fighting the racetrack a little bit right now, so you know, maybe that's just the characteristics of what we're dealing with. So we'll get Jensen in there, and then maybe by the end of the session, when the track picks up, uh, maybe we can really get some some good positive data if we've made a gain or not. Thanks, Chad. Oh, well, that was as he was coming to the line then um, that that came off. That's some honesty, eh, John? Maybe that's why we went fastest. <laughs> so, just uh, about 21 minutes. Question, John. Go ahead. Have we seen the VGRT Honda or the Core Mustang yet today? Uh, the 99 is top of the class. Okay. And which was the other one? Uh, the 59. Bob McCallion and Luca Mars. Yeah, Luca's uh, been out as well. That's sixth in its class for uh, Core. They've just decided to go out together. Okay. That won't last very long with one being a GS car and one being a TCR car, but nice to see them uh, leaving their pit boxes almost in complete synchronicity. 
It's pit stop practice for road shagger racing for Gavin Ernstone and John Morley. Not seeing too much other people or too many other teams utilizing this session as just pit stop practice. And still have yet to see JDC with their Audi, the Unitronic Audi, come back out from the garages. So perhaps you were right about that broken suspension. Yeah, he's at the back. If, if you walked out of the, uh, the under the Rolex arch, yeah. he's on the very back row and turn left at the back of the blue garages. So, oh, that's quite a hike. Yeah, that's, that's a bit far to go. Um, the good news is that there are uh, banners up so that you can see which cars are in which trailers, etc. But uh, I think they're a little bit further away so under 20 minutes to go for mission and pilot challenge practice here at the raw before the rolex 24 you're coming to see us next week do try and get here early it's going to be a busy one for the 61st running of uh, this magnificent race and on wednesday um we have the fan festival behind us at one daytona that fantastic development that's just over the other side of the road. And Wednesday, early evening, over 100 IMSA Series drivers in what must be the biggest autograph session in one place ever, surely. Plus, we'll have some on-stage interviews from the MSR, the Mayak Shank Racing Accurate Drivers, your chance to see some of the cars close up, get some photographs. And we'll have a bit of fun and frippery as well, actually. I'm sure we'll have something to give away and test your knowledge of IMSA and endurance racing generally. That's Wednesday evening. Plenty of good places to have a bite to eat and possibly a beverage as well, either before or afterwards. Uh, we normally have a pit stop demo as well, Cher, and I think that's happening again, isn't it, on Wednesday? Oh, they'll only be able to hear you if I actually phase you up. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, that was um, It will be a pit stop demo, and it should be a pit stop battle, I do believe, oh. uh, that Johnny Knotts and I will be calling. So, oh. be explaining to the fans how you properly assess a pit stop, how you keep everybody safe, which is, first and foremost, why the officials are out doing their jobs. And then, yeah, have a little bit of fun, see which team can actually win. Last time we did it was at, I want to say, Road America yeah. with the pit stop battle. We did have one at VIR as well. But Road America was interesting because it was Riley versus WeatherTech. Two completely different platforms of cars, and yet we had a dead tie. No way. Yeah, they. it was one team won the first one, the other team won the second one, and the third time we ran it, they were exactly the so, same. So that's side-by-side -side pit stop. Okay, so we have a pit stop duel, then. That's what we're going to call it. Exactly. A the pit stop duel. Well, I was going to say the duel in Daytona. I think that one's already taken. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think so. At the International Hub. Well, that's all Wednesday. Um, check one Daytona or IMSA.com for all the times and the details. And going through the kink at the moment, the number 41 Mustang with uh, Haley Deegan on board. That is one of the Ford Performance Ended Machines. And right on the tailpipes of that car is the bright chrome orange number 56, one of the Marillo Racing cars. And that one, that's an AMG GT4, by the way. And the 56 at the moment has Jeff Mosing behind the wheel. Um, there was a little incident a moment or two ago. I didn't want to mention this, but uh -oh. uh, on the pit lane, and I didn't catch it out of the corner of my eye, between uh, two cars, the number 72 Mercedes. Oh, not again. Yeah, and that was Kenny Marillo, I think, in that car. And the number 88 as well. Those two cars... Archangel Aston Martin. Yes, that's right. Box. Now, are they pitted together, Shane? Nowhere that's, near. No, I didn't think so. I think that's one coming in, one going yep. out. Archangel was coming in. I've just watched their pit stop. It's Conrad Grindelwald who's gotten out and Todd Coleman who's gotten in. And Archangel Motorsport 
might be a name that's familiar to people because Mike Johnson, a man who's been in racing for a very long time, a strategist and whatnot, has worked with Stevenson in the past. He is behind that team. He is also helping with the driver change, so he's not afraid to do it all. Um, but they are down further. They're beyond the Porsche Penske Motorsport pit boxes, so they're a good way down the box, a good way down the lane. About 10 boxes further back is where Morello is. They share with Lexus, so those two cars are nowhere near one another. That would be the 72 leaving and the 88 coming into its box. Hasn't been the easiest roar so far for Morello Motorsport, has it, John? Uh, no, they've had a rather uncharacteristic uh Characteristically difficult for them. Haley Deegan still out there in the number 41 and still with the AMG behind as they head onto the high banks. Ford have been, Ford performance here, being very, uh, very clever at uh, cycling through some of their stock car yes. talent, up and coming stock car talent to give them. Uh, a little more experience and no jokes about turning uh, right as well as left this is actually a really well structured program and we've seen some fantastic performances from some of these young drivers yeah yeah for sure in the past we've seen many uh, future nascar stars coming through this program oh my goodness um the coming back did actually send jensen Elsman back out without the rear diffuser on the car um, that's interesting. He's just come back into the pit lane. But we've seen people like Chase Briscoe, Austin Sindrick, who have utilized this program. All right, Austin maybe not as much because he already has the road racing talent uh, from his background racing with us. But they've used this program to give drivers who don't have the seat time in the sports cars. They, they don't have the advantage of needing to shift as much, run through the entirety of the gearbox instead of just going between third and fourth, perhaps, depending on what oval you are on, to give the drivers a better shot so that when they go into the championship hunt and you've got the road courses, the not necessarily street courses, but that will come into effect next year, now you've got the one-up of saying, hey, I've done this before, I'm a little bit more confident. This year, the drivers who have been given the opportunity, uh, Harrison Burton, Zane Smith, Haley Deegan, they're all people who have come up through the ranks of trucks. And so far, three of them, I want to say, are champions in the truck series, two of them with wins at Daytona International Speedway from racing in the truck championship. So just because they're moving their way up the NASCAR ladder doesn't necessarily mean that they've graduated out of this opportunity to race with Ford Performance. And with the Multimatic brains that I've seen hanging out in that pit box, they've got every ace up their sleeve that they could possibly throw at this program. Yeah. And let's not forget, Cher, we've got a new car from Ford coming. Uh, I'm led to believe we might be seeing that at Sebring. And we've got the public debut of the new Corvette GT3 at the weekend coming up here at Daytona so the big rivalry the Ford versus GM rivalry will be ignited again this time in the GT3 ranks from 20, 2024 onwards and let's face it the best times from this championship have been when we had Chevy battling Ford battling Porsche we've just had such a, a joy to experience so many different manufacturers in the GT4 category that now getting more and more of them coming back. We've added McLaren back to the field for this year, for example. Yes. There's a very strong Aston Martin that we're going to have running full season. Many of them. The BMW with their new GT4 car. It is just the right time to be in GT4 racing. Was that a penalty? Yes, it was. 88? The 88. Yeah, there we go. See, you know it before I even said it. Yeah. It so was a drive-through. It's lane protocol is what I'm being told. That's fair. Um, the other thing that I was going to say was launching out of his box as the 88 was serving its drive-through penalty for the Aston Martin. That would be the car with whom it almost had contact, the 72 Murillo Racing Mercedes. And I had a brief moment of, oh, no, 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 please no and they managed to play very nicely this time, but there still was about five feet between them. Yeah. Not enough for comfort. So let's check some times with 11 minutes to go. It is still the Ford Mustang of McCombie-McAleer Racing. Uh, 
in the pit, still slightly in a state of distress without the rear bumper cover. And yet still running on the racetrack when it wants to. Yes, uh, Jensen Altman most recently out, drafted into that team this year as he graduates up from Edamitsu Mazda MX-5. We will have the Mazdas here next weekend. I hear collective cheers going up from any racing fans Yay. that have a heartbeat around the world because, quite frankly, I think the uh, Mazda runners would race every single one of their rounds here if they could. It is <laughs> stunning racing. And we'll have that for you, two races for you next weekend, live in Sound and Vision. It's not exactly a program filler, is it, John? It's, oh. it's something you buy the ticket for. Well, I'll tell you now, everything stops in the other garages. There's nobody working on the cars in the other garages. They're all either watching on the screens or they are on their pit boxes because it is 100% entertainment. Just um, a quick little note about uh, the McAleer McCombie team stepping up into this series and we've got Chad McCombie sharing the Ford Mustang with Jensen Altman who has been a driver on the McCombie McAleer ladder if you will for a little while now. It's true. And we've got Stephen McAleer still in the RS1 Porsche a car we haven't seen running at all through any of these practice sessions and by the way happy birthday yesterday to Eric Fulgaris uh, Stephen's co-driver. It's kind of a different stage now for both Stephen and Chad. They're both racing with young drivers with whom they've kind of taken under their wings, if you will. They're coaching these guys, trying to bring them up to become the next Stephen and Chad. It's it's a thing I'm okay with. You know how normally I don't like co-drivers driving with the wrong people? Yeah. Like Andrew Davis and Robin Liddell should always drive together. We've got that going on with Stephen and Chad, but it's in the right way. Looks like we've uh, had an issue for the BGB number 83. Spencer Pompelli moving very slowly they started way around at Speedway Turn 2. I think a right rear puncture. Yes, it is. Again? I was looking at that car. He's turning behind the wall. That's their second one of the weekend, John. And he's got the car well out of the way. Uh, he hasn't got it behind the wall, though. Um, where is that on the circuit? So he was at Speedway Turn 2. He's, oh, Spencer Pumpelli is such a star. He didn't get it off the track because he didn't quite have enough lock on it, so he's reversing it gently through the gap, and the safety vehicles are making way for him. So he's just beyond Speedway Turn 2, down on the inside of the track. This is the green Porsche, number 83. That's our 2016 ST champion, Spencer Pompali, guy who knows this rulebook very well. BGB Motorsports. So is it worth going up to their box, John? Um, he might be able to get that back, driving it slowly. Okay. He's uh, They're on the back stretch at the moment, and there is ways to get through. There are ways to get through. Let me give you a quick rundown with seven and a half minutes to go. It is the Victor Gonzalez Honda that leads in TCR from the number 73 Civic, Mike Lamara. It's the LA Honda World car, 73 and 37 those. And that is a throwback to their mini running days because the 37 was the famous Monte Carlo winning, Monte Carlo rally winning mini. And I, I mention that now because the Monty has just finished today. I won't spoil it if uh, you try to stay away from that. Maybe watch it or listen to it later on. Third is uh, Taylor Hagler in the championship defending number one and uh, Elantra. Then the 37, Ryan Eversley. The 98, that's a Huddersfield, obviously. The 98 to Hyundai, that's in fifth place. Mark Wilkins. And the 74 in sixth place is Cabo Bigham. That's another Hyundai. Quickly at the top, McCombie McAleer Racing and their Ford Mustang from the Aston Advantage Racing from the 41 PF Mustang, the 39 Carbon, the 57 Winward Mercedes, and another Mercedes in sixth. That's Will Sports and the number 11 car. Shea Adam is down in the pit lane with a guest. 
with one of our favorites to talk to every year at Daytona, Tom Collingwood, one of the drivers of the BGB Porsche. I talked to Spencer Pompelli the other day and said, wow, you put together quite a good team for this four-hour endurance race, but for you, you've got Spencer Pompelli and Jerome Blinkmullen on a Porsche with your name on it too. Dream come true. It is. It's a total, actually, uh, like a fantasy lineup. So uh, we talked about doing a GTD program for the season, uh, but we're, we're still doing GS, so probably next year. But this was the lineup I wanted, and I'm happy to be able to put it into testing now for the GS race. And it's just, you know, I pinch myself when I get in the morning and say, wow, I can't believe I'm driving with these two guys. How has the roar gone for BGB? The roar has been excellent. I mean, this is just the best test ever. Uh, we're trying a bunch of new things with tire pressures, car setup. Uh, it just really helps not only get the rust off us as drivers, but uh, just to make sure the car is going to be ready for that race. And I mean, we, anything that we're going to encounter, we've encountered now during the roar. So we should have an, a good car for the race. Not too worried about the issue that stopped Spencer on track? What's that? Not too worried about the issue that stopped Spencer on track? No, not at all. I mean, uh, this just we're playing with tire pressures, and we're starting to realize that here at Daytona in this car, like we're just going to have to uh, do some magic to uh, our tire pressure numbers to get where we need to be uh, to make sure we last a four-hour race. Well, good luck uh, next week. I'm sure we'll be talking to you more. Thanks. Four minutes to go. And four minutes then of the raw left for Michelin Pilot Challenge. Runners, Hart, Honda back in the pit lane. And that red, white, black colour. John, we have, what, three minutes left in this session? Four minutes on the nose. All right, the last session of the raw weekend. Do you ever remember there being this no. many Michelin Pilot no. cars? Not even on track, but just the ones that are sitting in the pit lane. I can't recall there being five cars out here at, at the end of the session. Yeah. Agreed. Um, Turner 95 BMW just off the course at as they're going back onto the banking. And BMW number 25 as well. JCD Debets. Now they've had a couple of issues. That was a quick grassy moment to turn three. But has continued as well. Was it Cameron Lawrence or Rob McGuinness driving the uh, 95 BMW just there, John? The 95 BMW was in the hands of... Where's he gone? Just looking at it. Cameron Lawrence. Huh. And it hasn't Red flag. I was going to say it hasn't... I, I said it continued. That was incorrect. I'm now... Looking at it through the uh, the binos, so I think that will be the end of the session. Actually, I think so too. And unfortunate for both the 98 and the 74. Oh no, the 74 is going to its pit box. I take it back for the Dealey Racing uh, Hyundai. But the 98 Hyundai is waiting at pit exit with Richard, who is holding the button that has the red on it. And yep, checkered flag is now out. Yeah. So that's the last of the running for these boys and girls until we get back here Wednesday when they get one more practice. Well, the first practice session. Yes. Funny to say it that way. Uh, hello to our new member of the Start to Stand staff with uh, Preston on the stand along with Tony this weekend. Although I know that I noticed that Tony's new badge for 2023 has her full Sunday name on it. That's it. Yes, Tatiana. That seems a bit formal for <laughs> someone who spends a lot of time in Hawaii. Yes. Well, she said, when I saw it, I wondered if I'd done something wrong, because you normally only get your full <laughs> name, don't you? Yes. Shay, Leanne, Adam. Well, that's the middle name as well, but yes. yes. exactly. Not according to Delta, as many people questioned uh, when I posted an upgrade list, and it had Shaylian as one Shillian. word. So, Excellent. Yeah. Oh, that's what you're going to be from now, no, Shillian. No, please no. It sounds like something out of uh, sort of a dungeon, dr Dungeons and Dragons type of thing. Um, are you anywhere near McCombie Matalia Racing? Um, anywhere near, yes. Currently in close proximity, no. Okay, I was just wondering if we could have a quick word with Jensen. Uh, he is still in the car. Oh, okay. Yep, I did just notice that when I walked by. Okay, and uh, drove it. I wanted to know what it drove like without half the rear end on it. <laughs> um, and also to hear his first impressions of a GT4 car as he stepped up. Well, there we are then. It's the, that is the 
completion of uh, five sessions uh, and something, let me see, that'll be just over six hours, wouldn't it, Cheer, with the, uh, the longer sessions that they had earlier in the weekend of running. Stand by as I open my notebook. Uh, six hours and 45 minutes right, worth okay. of running for the Michelin Pilot Challenge, which means that when we add on the two hours and 45 minutes we get during race week, they have a total track time of nine and a half hours or two and a third time the distance of the BMW M Endurance Challenge. And I think the only major casualty we've had was in the rain yesterday when the Toyota Supra went into the wall backwards. Correct. Um, and we have not, Javier Queros was behind the wheel of that. That car didn't come out today. No, it did not. Um, but we have had. Oh, no. I know it hasn't. And we didn't, also, we didn't see Eric Figueras in the we 28 haven't seen them at all this no. weekend. Um, and James Pesek didn't come out in the. 42 Ford Mustang. So. Uh, but the 41 was running during this session, so no Chad worries Gilsinger there. only did a couple of laps in the Honda Civic number 89. They've that, been doing a lot of pit stop practice. Ah, uh, yes, that car went behind the wall, didn't it? Turn uh, no, seven and then came it back. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, so I think that is a pretty decent run for everybody. They will have. Uh, they will know more now than they did at the start of the week. If there is more to find out, as you've said, they've got a, a bit more. Um, I will just say, because Jeremy would do this, who was standing next to me, if we go through to a second from the time that was set by the Ford Mustang of McCumbie McAleer racing, uh, that would put in GS 15 cars within a second. And a second and a half would be 22 cars. So that is quite extraordinary. In the TCR, all 11 cars are within just over two and a half seconds. And uh, Jesse Lazar has four tenths on the rest of the field. And then there are five cars within that same gap. So that tells you that Jesse was, or at least the, the Honda Civic number 99, uh, excuse me, from um, Jesse Lazar's in a, a, a tour, isn't he? The Carl Whitmer, uh, Victor Gonzalez Civic, um, the gap that they've got between first and second to the 73 LA Honda World Car, the next five cars are within that same gap. So I'm quite, I'm, I'm quite uh, heartened, Cher, by what we've seen. I'll take it. Share Adam down in the pit lane and uh, me, John Hindoff, in the booth. Don't go too far away. Keep it locked in to 107.9 here at the track. And RS2 around the world. It's Simsa Radio, live from Daytona. More next. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. For more, check imsaradio.com and subscribe to IMSA Radio wherever you get your podcasts.